Hey everybody, welcome to the weekday chat. Today we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how we can take him seriously and how he is at work in the church today. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. My name is Riley Weaver. I'm on staff here at the church. This is my coworker, Luke Proctor, and this is his uh, Cardinal's water cup. <laughs> he found it today, and he was so excited that he found it, he decided to put it on the table and display it for you. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, really important stuff. This last Sunday, Luke preached. He continued our sermon series on the Gospel of John, actually um, finished the first half of the sermon series. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break soon, focus on something else, and then resume the sermon series later in the year. He preached on John 14, talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Uh, in that story, you know, it says the Holy Spirit is our helper. Uh, in Greek, it's the word paraclete. Nice. Luke explained that to us. Yeah. I don't get to use Greek words very often. <laughs> so when I do, you know. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. it feels great. Um You know, specifically talking about how the Holy Spirit is our helper, Jesus, or sorry, not Jesus, Luke, Luke (laughs) talked about. I'm really honored. Yeah, yeah. Luke talked about something called the cycle of grace and cycle of works. So in the cycle of grace, you know, we're accepted by God, which leads to sustenance, which leads to significance, which leads to achievement. The other way around is the cycle of works. It starts with our achievements, and we think through our achievement, it'll lead to significance, which will lead to success, sustenance, and then maybe if we achieve enough, it'll lead to our acceptance. And basically, um, you know, I was asking Luke, what, what was the main thought of your sermon? He said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We sang that song. It was a family Sunday. Um, So, yeah, really just talking about how Jesus accepts us and how the Holy Spirit is a big part of that and how he's at work in our lives. So, Luke, um, the Holy Spirit's a big topic. Mm -hmm. And I think very often it's a topic that is kind of ignored Mm -hmm. in the church. You know, there are some people who ignore it maybe just because they don't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. They, they don't focus enough on the Holy Spirit. I think for other people, it honestly just makes them nervous. Yeah. They, they really don't know what to do with it. So what do we know about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, it's interesting. We, we see the Holy Spirit both ignored and abused. We see some people yes. um, yeah. talking about the Holy Spirit, even to an unhealthy degree. And, and that sounds weird saying that we could talk about, you know, a member of the Trinity to an unhealthy degree, but uh, talk about him, uh, talking about him in some unhealthy ways. Uh, just as a real baseline, it's important to establish that the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, he's the third member of the Godhead, every bit as alive and a personality, a person as God the Father and God the Son. He's not, you know, we're not talking about Star Wars. It's not some vague, inanimate force that we get, you know. Uh, we see that the Holy Spirit is is personal. He, he has emotions. He can be grieved. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. He feels things. He is he is powerful. And uh, I, I think a lot of the times when we abuse the Holy Spirit, we can talk about uh, g- us getting the Holy Spirit. But Scripture uh, is pretty clear that, that we don't get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets us, mm. you know. When Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, uh, he, he doesn't say, fill yourself with the Spirit. 
Spirit. We are not the ones doing the acting. We are the empty vessels, and it is the Holy Spirit who is filling us. Mm. And so we are the ones being used by the Spirit, not the ones using the Spirit. And in the book of Acts, when people try to use the Spirit, it doesn't end well for them. So yeah. so we are the vessels here in this. And, and, and it's interesting. Um, a, a lot of the talk today in, in some of our more charismatic brothers and sisters, and I do call them brothers and sisters because I love them dearly in Christ, even though we don't agree on absolutely everything. Sure, sure. Um, but but they uh, talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. And um, it's, it's interesting that in Scripture, we don't see people praying to the Holy Spirit. Mm. We don't see people um, even, even necessarily glorifying the Spirit as an end in and of itself. The Holy Spirit is always working to glorify the Father and to the the Son, and people pray to the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. So am I saying that it's absolutely wrong for us to sing to the Holy Spirit or pray to the Holy Spirit or talk extensively just about the Holy Spirit? No, not at all. But the goal of the Holy Spirit is never to glorify Himself. It's mm. to glorify the Father and the Son. The members of the Trinity are always sharing the glory um, in and amongst themselves. Yeah. So we do have to be careful that we are not overemphasizing the Holy Spirit at the expense of glorifying the Father and the Son. Yeah, yeah. What, what would you say or, or add? No, I think that's all great. Well, Way better than what I'm getting ready to say. But, uh, you know, before I, I move on to that, I, I do think there's a lesson in and of itself there about the, the Holy Spirit's mentality and his work. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely something we can learn from that. My favorite verse about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Mm. And... Um, you know, that's really one of the reasons the Holy Spirit's there. He's empowering us to to be a part of God's mission. You know, if we don't feel like we have the words to say, he's going to give them to us. Um, if we don't have the courage to do what we need to do, um, he'll give that to us. So, yeah, yeah definitely um, a powerful force. And uh, definitely something that that drives us as we work for the kingdom. Yeah, and 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 with that power, it's so humbling to read through the book of Acts and see these incredible things that the people of God are doing. It's a fulfillment of this promise we mm-hmm. see Jesus giving at the Last Supper when he says to his followers, "You will do greater things than yes, these. yes. And it's better for you that I go, so yeah. that the Helper can come to you." And man, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look around at my own life and I'm thinking, "Man, is is that same power like mm-hmm. active in me?" Um, and and so uh, this certainly relates to the topic of prayer then, because as yep. Jesus. He's talking about um, the Helper and the Holy Spirit who comes into our lives. He tells his followers multiple times there at the Last Supper that whatever you ask the Father in my name Mm -hmm. will be given to you. And that is a huge, huge promise. And yet I think it's one that we like to dance around sometimes. And I don't know about you, but that's uh, I've prayed for things that have not been given to me. And I've prayed Mm -hmm. for things that haven't happened. And I've wondered, am I not praying with enough faith? Am I saying the wrong prayer? Am I somehow praying not in line with God's will? And, And prayer is a hard thing for us a lot as we follow Jesus. So, Riley, mm-hmm. it begs these kinds of questions that, I mean, do we take prayer seriously? Uh, do Should we be praying for huge things and expecting the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. them, or, or do we, are we praying for, for vague things because we like the uh, you know to get an easy out if God doesn't get us those prayers answered the way we want them to? Talk, talk a little bit about this to yeah, help yeah. us in this. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the teaching on prayer in the New Testament is confusing to some people because sometimes there are seemingly like con- contradictory sayings. So yeah. like in, when Jesus is talking about the Lord's Prayer, one of the things he says is, you know, don't babble like the pagans hmm. when you pray because, um, you know, the Lord, he hears you. And I think some people have interpreted that to mean like I, I should only ask for something once. Mm-hmm. I can't ask for something over and over again. Otherwise, I'm 
you know, babbling and, and God yeah. hears me. He should be able to answer that prayer. There are certainly other times where, you know, Jesus said, you know, just ask, or, you know, yeah. if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain or even the, um, the parable of the, the woman who went to the judge over and over again. And yeah. finally the judge was like, okay, I'm going to grant your request just because I'm like done with you, you yeah. know? And yeah. she's just like, well, if, if that unrighteous judge is going to do that, won't your, won't God take care of you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, even, even God, or, um, Paul saying, um, you know, pray continuously. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree that I, I don't think we are as intense in our prayers mm-hmm. as we should be. Yeah. I think a lot of times prayer is prayers done responsively hmm. where like something bad is happening in my life or, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go in a meeting at work. That's really important. I've got a test. Um, that, that I need help on. I went to college with a guy who he forgot to study for a test and um, went in, said a prayer before the test, got 100% on it, supposedly. <laughs> He's like, that's the Holy Spirit, man. I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit, you know. But, um, you know, instead of responsive prayer, our prayer really needs to be proactive. Mm. Um, God, I want this. Lord, I know this is something that is in line with the desires of your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um and then just, yeah, absolutely trust that the Holy Spirit can work through that. Absolutely. Totally agree, yeah. You know, I, I see in my own life um, that, that I, I'm not where I want to be in my prayer life, and I want to pray more, and I want to live in more dependence on God. And, and even when I do pray, sometimes my prayers are vague and they are small. And, and I I see in my own heart, and I don't know if this resonates with any of you, that there's probably two core motivations sometimes behind that, that if my prayers are vague and small sometimes, I think part of that stems from a good desire, that I do desire to be submissive to God's will yeah. and not to impose my will on His. And so that might be at the heart of some of yours. And then I see that there's also a fleshly fear inside mm. of me, that what if I pray for this huge thing? What if I pray for my friend has cancer and I and I beg God, God, heal him, mm-hmm. and God doesn't? Well, then that, that puts me in a really tricky theological spot that I've got to really wrestle with God in that yeah. moment rather than if I just pray God help him you know mm-hmm. um, and and yet um, always 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 leaning to God on uh, leaning into who he is on those big prayers um, that's what God calls us that's what God calls us to do we see um, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that we can approach the throne of grace we can approach God boldly and we see throughout scripture that these people who know God they know they're accepted by him they approach God boldly boldly. Abraham in the Old Testament is begging with God for the lives of the people in Sodom, and they go back and forth negotiating. It's mm-hmm. like they're at an oxygen uh, or at, at an auction. He's saying, God, yeah. if there's 100 good people, if there's 50 good people, if there's 20 good people, if there's 10 good people, God, and they go back and forth, mm-hmm. and I want to approach God with that kind of boldness, not in any way in arrogance, because we do approach him in humility, knowing we're talking to the God of the universe, but also knowing that I'm his child, and, and, and if I'm talking to my dad, I'm going to ask for what I want mm-hmm. and trust that if my dad decides not to give it to me, he knows what's best. But but this is what we see even in the life of Jesus, um, that Jesus asked God for what he wanted. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he begged God, Lord, if there's another cup, I don't want to go to the cross. Give me another way. Mm-hmm. And he asked God specifically for a big, bold prayer. And then when God said no, Jesus submitted, and he got in line with the Father's will, and he went to the cross anyway. And and we see this in the life of the early church, too, that in the book of Acts, um, uh, the apostle James goes to prison, and he's killed. And he's the first, uh, you know, of the apostles to be killed. And then later, the apostle Peter goes to prison, and some angels help him, and he's released. 
And it's because the people of God were praying for his release. Now, I bet they were also praying for James's release. Mm -hmm. And James didn't get out. Mm -hmm. And then Peter gets arrested and they pray for him and he does. And so we have to come to God boldly knowing that sometimes God will say no or sometimes God will just say not yet and we'll submit anyway. But it doesn't mean we're going to stop praying big prayers in humility. Yes, absolutely. 100% agree. So in talking about the Holy Spirit, we certainly believe that he's at move in the world today yeah. and at move in our nation today as well. What's what's an example? What, what's a way that you think the Holy Spirit's moving right now? Oh, man. Um, I, I believe in particular this COVID season for the church um, has been a time of pruning for us. You know, mm-hmm. John chapter 15, these chapters where we're living right now as a church, Jesus says that the Father will prune off any branch of the vine that doesn't bear fruit. Yeah. And I think just really tangibly that's happened to the church. I think we've had a lot of people fall away, you know, um, and whereas our heart aches for that, we don't rejoice in that in any way. Um, there are parts of the branches or of the vine that aren't bearing fruit, and I think the Father has pruned that and is pruning us for a season of greater fruitfulness. I think he's done that in our own lives. He's helped me to really reevaluate what are the essentials and the non-essentials and to kind of say no to some of those non-essentials so that I can hone in on the mm-hmm. things in my life that are really bearing fruit for the kingdom. Um, I think God's also giving us a chance at unity. I, I see um, the, the Apostle Paul uh, challenges the church to have the unity of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's always mm-hmm. working to bring us together. Clearly, we're living in a world that is disunified, where there's a, a million different opinions on a million different things, you know. Um, and we have a lot of those opinions within our church. Within yeah. our church, we have uh, pacifists, and we have veterans, and we have Republicans, and we have Democrats, and we have vaxxers, and anti-vaxxers, and masks, and no masks, <laughs> and beards, and no beards, and you name it, you know. Well, and beard <laughs> is definitely your right for, in for there. sure. Yeah, yeah, um, so. But the fact that we get to come together um, every week anyway, and all of those things fall away, and we all worship Jesus as His children, where the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and we say, "Yeah, we don't agree on everything, but we agree on Jesus." That is a kind of unity that is rarer and rarer in our world that I think the Holy Spirit's working Mm -hmm. toward in the church. I also think um, that as the continuing moral decline of our country is is going along, you know, that um, as we see the decay of um, typical family ethics and things like gender and sexuality and marriage and all of those things, um, the Christian way of living as as a family is getting rarer and rarer, and Mm -hmm. this will also have an opportunity to be more and more compelling. That in our Probably our grandparents' generation, um, where the expectation was you get married, you stay married, you have kids, one man, one woman, that kind of thing. Sure. The Christian moral sexual ethic wasn't all that compelling. People Mm -hmm. did that whether or not they were Christians. Sure. And yet now um, this kind of Christian sexual ethic is radically Mm countercultural. And so to see um, the church live that out, I think the Holy Spirit's going to use us to paint a different, more compelling picture for how family can look. Mm. You know, what what would you say, Riley? That's good. No, those are all, all good things. I've not thought of some of that before. I think that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is giving the church an opportunity to press reset. Mm -hmm. You know, before COVID, um, you know, so often you're busy, you're just, you're moving forward, kind of trying to keep your head above water, and then everything stopped. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like for businesses, for example, they're able to really see, hey, do we need people to come to the office or... um, you know, can people work from home and get just as much done? Yeah. And I think a lot of businesses found, no, people can work from home. We can get just as much done and we don't have to pay for this big building downtown. (laughs) Yeah. Uh I I think God has given the same, the church, the same opportunity. And, um, one of the ways I see that playing out is 
you know, many churches, the most important thing they do every week is the big gathering, Sunday morning worship. And obviously, worship is super important. Obviously, preaching is super important. But what happens when you're not able to meet in the building? Mm -hmm. So I think it's caused a lot of churches to really think through how are we really discipling people? And what happens if this is taken away? Yeah. Um, so I think that's been something really helpful to think through. I think um, just in the world I live in, missions, it's given um, different missionaries and missions organizations an op- opportunity to press the reset button as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who totally rely on mission trips to do what they do. Mm. Um, you know, when when teams from America come, they bring money. When teams from America come, they bring supplies, they bring manpower to get work done. And with COVID, I mean, international travel, I see it every once in a while where, you know, somebody manages to take a team overseas, but there's a lot of the world where that's just not possible right now. Yeah. And I think those missions are having to think through, okay, how do we rely on local resources? How do we rely on local labor? Mm. Um, and, and honestly, I think that's going to make their ministries way healthier in the long term and much less dependent on what happens in the states. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the Lord is doing a lot of amazing things through COVID. Um, I, I think the challenge for us is as things return back to normal, we just have to remember – okay, what did God teach me during this time and how do I continue to move forward in that direction? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for being here with us today. We love just sharing these stories of hearing what God is doing around the world Mm -hmm. and in our church and in your life. And we would love to connect with you and hear your stories. We know that God God is active. And if you need even help figuring out how God might be active in your life, we love walking with people and discovering how to hear the voice of God, how to pray, how to pray, how to how to have the Holy Spirit help direct your life and bear His fruit in you. And I know prayer's a tricky thing, um, and it's sometimes hard to know whether or not you're praying in the will within the will of God. Um, but I just encourage you. Uh, stay in Scripture. If you don't have the habit of being in the Word yet, get in the Word, and and the Holy Spirit will never tell you something that contradicts the Bible. So if you want to know God's will for your life, <laughs> just stay in the Bible, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you through that. And I don't know what's going on in your life right now. If you have pain or unanswered prayers, all of us have experienced that. There's a story in Scripture of a man named Job, and Job goes uh, uh, he undergoes an incredibly intense form of suffering beyond anything I've ever imagined, and. Almost the whole book of Job is he and his friends just begging God, asking all these questions, question after question after question. And at the end of the book of Job, God shows up, and he doesn't answer their questions, but he does give them himself. And so if you're going through unanswered prayer right now, if you're wondering what in the world God's doing in your life, keep leaning in, keep pressing in. You may not get the answer, but you will get him, and that's the best thing of all. We love you guys dearly. We're grateful for this time you spend with us, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you for listening today. It's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church, would like to attend an online service, or plan an in-person visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.